need humanity. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to feel. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. Welcome to Welcome to the In Bloom podcast. Today, I'm very, very excited to welcome onto the podcast, Dr. Judy Magelhays. So if anyone's been listening to the podcast lately, I've been super interested in medicine, nutrition, functional health, etc. And today, I'm so excited because Dr. Judy is making history. She is our first medical nutrition, functional medicine guest. And yeah, this is going to be amazing. So she is a certified functional medicine specialist board-certified geriatric pharmacist, lifestyle coach, diabetes care and education specialist, and she's the CEO and founder of Holistic Options and Personal Empowerment, also um, entitled Hope. So welcome on to the podcast. Very excited. Thank you. Thank you, Ella. Okay, so first, I want to get into kind of your background. How did you get into medicine? Um, I was listening to a couple of podcasts that you had been on previously, and you just, you expressed so much love for people like so much love for humans. So why did you decide to get into medicine in the first place? Um, yeah, I don't know what makes that part of us. Um, but it was about people from a very young age. Um, second grade, I knew I wanted to be in healthcare. I thought I wanted to be a nurse and that's where I started my career. So my first job was as a nurse's aide that evolved into starting college, um, in an RN program and, uh, things happened along the way. And I found myself in pharmacy land. Um, and I transferred, uh, to, um, a, a, another college with a pharmacy program and it took off from there, but it, has always been this inner passion about helping people. And I think that's just something in us. So we know anyone in healthcare, no matter what your role, it's about helping people or wanting to help people, right? So that's how we all kind of get attracted to that and that need to serve. Um, so I think that's what brought me into healthcare and, and the track I uh, ended up in is pharmacy. Um, and it brought me to all kinds of places I started right out of school. I started in a retail setting, so at, at the community pharmacy. Um, and, and, and I used to say these were my patients, but they were my friends. So they weren't customers, right? Um, but when you come to the pharmacy to get your medications filled, um, I, I love to, uh, talk with people and it wasn't required back in the day. Um, requirements came that you had to counsel each patient on a medication. Um, but Judy just enjoyed doing that. I just enjoyed doing that. So the relationships I made with people in, in the very early stages of my career, um, that people would come in and bring me food. Um, as I uh, had children, they would make things for the baby. Um, it was really awesome. So it was great relationships that I formed with um, patients in the community setting. Um, I did leave the community setting. Um, I, you know, advanced my degree. I got my PhD in pharmacy and went on to the hospital setting um, and spent almost 20 years in the hospital setting in the ICU very intense setting, um, learned a bunch of new things because it was just different from what you saw in the community and people, you know, walking um, and living their lives with medications. Now you're in the hospital when you have an acute illness um, and in the ICU, a very severe illness and life-threatening illness. So now it was about different drugs and, and, and helping people survive these um the acute processes, if you will. Um, and after I left the hospital, after many years, I went into primary care. So I was working in the doctor's office. And now again, I'm with patients. I got the doctor and the patient kind of at the bedside, which is what I liked because now it's a collaboration of care, right? You're working to help the patient, what do they need? And you have the physician who's um, prescribing the medications and, and Judy, who's pulling it all together and helping people understand what these drugs are for, these regimens. Um, so I really enjoyed the primary care setting as well. But I will admit, 
there were some challenges and barriers. Um, insurance companies say what drug a patient can have, and it might not be the one we wanted to give, right? Uh, it might be too expensive. It wasn't covered. So I found a lot of struggle with that. Um, it bothered me a lot to say that we could not give every patient what I thought was the best drug for that disease at that time. Um, so there were a lot of barriers. Um, as patients moved around and maybe had a hospitalization, the gaps in care got greater. So what the doctors in the hospital did to take care of a patient differed from what your primary care doctor was doing. And maybe the primary care doctor didn't know you fell ill and ended up in the hospital where your meds were changed or new drugs were added. So the complexity in the care with the lack of collaboration between all these providers and places that a patient might go and land just complicated the whole process. Um, and, and we end up on too many medications. Some should have been stopped that weren't. The patients get discharged from the hospital. They end up on uh, more medications because of the hospitalization uh, that interact with the drugs that the, the doctor gave them, right? So what a big hot mess. And I always tried to find in, uh, that place where I could help people as they tr transitioned throughout the healthcare system. Um, and you know, when the pandemic came and people were more isolated and at home, they were at greater risk with their health conditions. They wouldn't get their medications filled. They couldn't afford their medications. They were um, complex needs that we couldn't address because now they wouldn't come into the doctor's office. Um, whether or not they ended up in the hospital. So things got a lot worse in that short time. Um, and we were not able to see patients and take care of patients, right? It, this really was hard for me. It was a very hard time for me. Um, as a healthcare professional, we were under enormous stress and trying to help people, but trying to keep ourselves well too, right? So healthcare burden, healthcare burnout, uh, that level of stress was, was unsurmountable really. Um, during that time, working in the doctor's office, seeing patients uh, really succumb to um, illness, um, their chronic disease is getting worse. Um, what COVID had done to many of our patients, you, you know, the outcomes there um, was, was a really tough time for me. Um, in the doctor's office, um, in the end of 2020, in fact, it was New Year's Eve of 2020, I developed COVID. Um, and I started 2021 um, in quarantine. And um, during that time, uh, the physician that I was working with in the doctor's office and one of the patients that I had last seen right before Christmas, um, the three of us probably... That was the episode that we were together in the office uh, that we all shared um, enough to uh, to get COVID. Um, I was in quarantine and what COVID did to me was very different um, from what others were experiencing. But um, the three of us got COVID. The doctor that I was working with and the patient that I had last seen in the office both ended up getting hospitalized with COVID. And for myself, I just hit this period of enormous pain and brain fog. I could not get out of my way. I don't want to say I was depressed, but I know I wasn't well. Um, and there was some anxiety, but there was mostly fatigue. Um, there was something very difficult that I went through. Um, and unfortunately, what turned things to the worst um, both the patient and the doctor did not survive. Their hospitalizations led to uh, death. And, and learning that um, kind of took me down a darker tunnel. Um, so I had to get out. I couldn't function. I knew something wasn't right. Um, 
and not knowing what it was, but, but those 30 years of being in medicine, I had to figure it out. I was on a search to heal. Um, so I was seeking every avenue I could with the resources I had. And along the way, I came across this functional medicine. Um, I was just searching for answers. And it started with a simple hair test. And this simple hair test told me about my body, the internal parts of the minerals and the heavy metals um, and what toxicities I had and what imbalances I had. And, and for me, as simple as this may seem, um, it was about copper, copper toxicity in my body that had a lot of the signs and symptoms that I was experiencing. So maybe I couldn't blame COVID and what I had now self-described as a long hauler. And I do still think I'm in that camp. Um, uh, copper toxicity led to the same symptoms and some of the lifelong symptoms that I experienced and didn't know because I would go to the doctor's office and some of it was, well, Judy, you're over 50 now. You're getting older. So perimenopause and hormone issues, um, job stress, um, just everything was blamed on something else. Age, job, stress, women, hormones, right? Um, within the solution that the doctors and conventional medicine would want to do and give me. Okay, you have anxiety. Let's give you some medications to help you with anxiety or perimenopause or hot flashes or depression or pain or let's get a steroid injection in your back because you have so much pain uh, that I was immobile for weeks. Um, desperate, in tears with the amount of pain that I had. And this was just during that year. Um, so, you know, I lived with back pain and back issues from trauma and injuries I had with car accidents and cheerleading. Um, but um, something was different uh, with, again, this COVID and, and whatever I had now I had discovered with copper and the way copper plays a role and all of these things in my body that I did not know, right? So finding that um, potential root cause helped me start a journey of healing. And wow, uh, where it has brought me today, almost a year now from the initial test um, and discovery and healing my body. It's been unbelievable. And I will say within one month of starting my regimen of balancing my minerals in a detox kind of way, in one month, my symptoms started to resolve. And the symptoms that were the worst were pain. I was at the verge of getting steroid injections, facing surgery on my back because that was the only alternative conventional medicine could offer. And I tell you, I have lived years with back pain and back issues, but nothing like this. It had really peaked during this time. Um, and just starting a mineral balance, this pain, this inflammation. Yeah. Add that to Judy figuring out that, the stress that my body was under from an illness, from emotion, emotional, physical, like the stress that I was under that we all were as healthcare providers contributed to the inflammation in my body, the adrenal fatigue and stress, right? The I had this total burnout, but now it was showing up on my lab tests. I had burned out all my reserves. I had no energy. I had enormous brain fog and fatigue, but pain and inflammation were at its worst. Um, and emotionally, I, I was drained. And, you know, losing this doctor that I was working with, having patients around me um, also die, it was awful. It was really awful to go through. Um so crawling my way out of the hole and, and starting my health journey, um, and again, just saying, I want to know more. I want to know about my body, 
because that when I'm better, I'm a better healthcare professional. And, and now I can get to that place in medicine that I always wanted to be, that I wasn't fully supported because the reimbursement wasn't there. The insurance companies don't want to cover. They want you on medications, right? They don't want to, I feel like they don't want us to be well, right? They want you to be on a medication, right? And that's all doctors are taught in, in the, the conventional medicine. They're taught to diagnose a disease and a condition, slap a code on it. The insurance company covers it. Okay, now you can get a medication. Uh, there's no money in being well, right? Uh, achieving health and not needing that medicine or never getting to that point of becoming the diabetic, right? having the disease and the condition and then needing the medication. So now I'm in this different place. And it's a lot of what I wanted to do with, with the world of diabetes, because there's so much we can do to prevent diabetes and now reverse diabetes type two, right? So look where we are in the world. Is it our food supply? Well, that contributes. Is it toxic burden? Absolutely. There's so many factors uh, that we're dealing with as human beings. And it starts much younger. So our grandparents maybe weren't exposed to the level of toxins in our food, in our water, in our air, in our environment. The level of stress that we're, we are all under is different. But um, it's starting to come together because I've been able to take these baby steps, which have now become milestones in healing myself and identifying it and help people before they get sick, now I'm in that space. So before you get sick, let's check out your body. How can you achieve optimal health? How can you not get sick? Uh, especially those who have family history. Mom and dad have cancer. Mom and dad have hypertension and diabetes and high cholesterol. It's in my genes and I'm 50 and um, I don't want to be like that. That's that's my client. Helping people avoid illness. Uh, those are the best clients. Mm -hmm. Wow. That was a lot. I think, so I want to take first, the biggest question that I have for you is, um, why did you do the hair test in the first place? Like the, the hair test that reminded you. Um, so during the time of, of sadness and pain, brain fog, I couldn't function. I was job searching. So I was on um, specific websites and touching base with recruiters and uh, somebody had a post um, and uh, it was about functional medicine and, um, you know, come, come into a program and learn about functional medicine and how it can help you elevate your practice. And it was kind of from a business model. And I had nothing to go on. I was job searching, trying to do, I had a few interviews in the pharmacy space. Um, it wasn't what I, my heart wanted. And I wasn't sure if I could do it because I know what that world was. And it was very stressful. And there were some things I didn't believe in because all around me, again, at that model, all I saw was disease and illness. Nobody got better, right? I was helping them manage their disease and their medications and the doses were getting escalated and the side effects were happening and we were changing drugs, but it was all about the drugs, right? And, and that's what I was looking for a job to do. And, and I just didn't want to do that anymore. So when I saw this, you know, maybe, maybe this, I can do something different. Maybe if I find out what this is. So, I looked more into this business model of functional medicine and learned about it. And in the very early time of that, um, they started talking about tests. And I, I'm like, oh, that would be really cool. I wonder what mine is. So it kind of started from that. Um, I, I don't know if I got lucky. I don't know if God brought it to me because I'm a very uh, spiritual person. Um you know, I, fate is, is a lot. Faith is a lot of what I do and why I'm here and my purpose. And I think I had to go through that painful journey 
and to get to where I am, to be able to serve others, which is always what I did, but now it's differently. Mm. Um, so do you think that, so you, I know that, um, especially as a health practitioner, like you go through a lot. It's very stressful. It's very difficult. You're trying to heal people. You see a lot of, you know, death and disease. You see a lot of suffering. You just want to help. And it's very, very difficult to be a health practitioner. Do you think that the, like you were saying that you feel as though all of the years that you've done these things have brought you to now? Do you think that seeing all of that has made you appreciate the other side of things where, you know, it's possible to heal? Absolutely. Had it not been the way it happened, had I not experienced every, to me, almost every type of pharmacy the way it is, the store in the community, the hospital, the doctor's office, I ended my time in long-term care, the nursing home, and in this doctor's office. So I saw it all and when something happened to me and the healthcare system failed me greatly and, and the doctors could not see outside the box about other ways to help me because I refused the medication route. I'm like, no, a year ago I was fine. I didn't need antidepressants. I didn't need pain meds. And I wasn't near the operating room facing a, a significant surgery on my back that who knows what complications I may have had. I didn't want to be in a wheelchair. I don't know. You have to, you have risk that you face when you do surgery. So surgery wasn't the answer for me. I wasn't that desperate and I didn't want to live in pain. So I was near the, the like, okay, I don't want to take pain medications specifically. So what alternatives? I did chiropractic. I did physical therapy. I did everything I could to treat holistically because that's what I believed, right? So it wasn't my pharmacy training that said, there's a drug for that. It was, what can I do other than what I know could put me totally on a different course of being dependent on medication or a complication from a surgery that I, a risk I wasn't ready to take. Mm -hmm. right? That makes a lot of sense. So, and it's hard. It's hard. I think I made the right choices again. I think there was this divine thing, a higher power that guided me um, and, and brought, brought me here. Um, and now all I can do is just keep reaching out and sharing, hey, you might not need this. Let's try this first. So, it, and again, my business name evolved from this hope that I had. And this hope that I can give other people. So that name hope and holistic options and personal empowerment is perfect. Is you know, coming to that name and how I got here. Um, yeah. So I really believe that. That's that inner passion, helping people. And that started in second grade when I wanted to be a nurse. <laughs> So um, anyway, health healthcare. I, I'm I can't. I'm not changing the name, but it's health care that I want to give, right? Not sick care. I don't like that model. You know, it doesn't work for anybody. You know, so I don't know if I answered your question, and I do get emotional because I know where I was just a very short time ago with life and not feeling good, not feeling good. And, and I can't stay in this, this awful place of darkness and pain and sadness. And, you know, is this what menopause is about? I don't know, but that's what my doctors were telling me, you know, that's what happens. You're getting older, your joints are hurting, you know, you got this. No, that wasn't the answer. Cause it, it, it had to be more. And now I know it was, you know, my, this copper toxicity, because then Judy does her homework. So it was like, okay, what is this all about? And this mineral copper that yes, we need, and you can't be low and you can't be high. You want this balance was responsible. I could attach it to every symptom I had. Okay. Hormone imbalance. As a young lady, I had endometriosis. I went through terrible hormone issues. Um, and, and procedures to, to fix things that 
I wish I didn't have to deal with, but I, I did. Um, you know, I, in my journey too, you know, trying to lose weight. A lot of people want to lose weight, but the stress I was under, I, I did it to myself. So I had this awful weight gain for me during my years in the hospital, right? That I didn't even recognize that was a part of now my, my body. I'm like, wow, I look back at where I was, um, in, in the stress, the weight, the hormones, the headaches, the back pain. Um, everything was not good. So much, and it copper, 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 and copper affects our ability to make what neurotransmitters. So serotonin, in particular, you can't make it if you don't have enough copper. But if you have copper toxicity, you can't either. So the imbalance in my hormones, the imbalance in my my neurotransmitters, the reasons I had PMS and endometriosis were probably due to copper elevated copper that I had all my life. Um, and women are more susceptible, especially if you take um, hormones, oral contraceptives and things, which was part of my treatment for the endometriosis. So this is what we did. So it made everything worse. It made me store and accumulate more copper. I have still a very healthy diet, but what I learned from my copper toxicity is so many foods, healthy foods are high in copper. Well, there was a joke everywhere I worked about my chocolate cravings. I was a chocoholic. I mean, chocolate every day, a piece, you know, not a full candy bar, but chocolate was a big part of my life. Well, people with copper toxicity crave chocolate. Chocolate is high in copper. So we kind of crave the thing our body thinks it wants. Because copper in my tissues, my copper toxicity is a tissue copper, not a blood level, all right? So the tissue storage made it seem to my body that I was deficient. So I would crave foods high in copper. And I love avocados. That's a healthy food. Avocados were high in copper. So everything I was eating in my healthy diet, nuts and seeds. I'm not vegetarian or vegan necessarily, but... I had a very high plant diet, nuts and seeds. I was adding all this copper in my diet. I had no idea. You know, I was a big salad girl, right? So, and I loved seafood and lobster. Lobster's high in copper. So my body thought as it's storing it in the tissues, making it unavailable to my body to make things and do things, the storage in the liver and the brain. So a lot of your symptoms are related to those storage sites. And then you can't clear it, detox. And it's very painful to detox and rebalance. So it, I, I've been through a lot of symptoms through this process. Um, but pain, headaches, hormones, uh, PMS, but you become teary and weepy. And yes, small things would make me cry. And I said, I think that's a happy cry. I don't know, but I was very emotional. Always, like I always had that PMSy thing, you know. Um, but this is copper imbalance affecting my ability to make serotonin, and and those symptoms were a serotonin deficiency, right? So yeah, I could have been on antidepressants. Um, I could have been on antidepressants or serotonin agents for um, PMS symptoms because that's a prescription, right? Uh, for menopause, for hot flash, and all these symptoms. So as things were being offered, it was all in the conventional medicine space, right? What drug can she take? What does she need for pain? Cortisone injections. I was afraid of that. I didn't want to do that. I was desperate and almost did. But wow, in one month, I tell you, this shield lifted and the pain started to resolve and the headaches and the backaches and um, I'm still, you know, allergies are a big part of this copper toxicity. So there's foods that liberate histamine. There's foods that give you histamine and prevent you from breaking histamine down. For the first time in my life, I knew I was allergic to bees. I used to have a very, um, my allergy to bees was a big swelling. All right. Um, but it would always be local swelling. Oh, shoot. I got stung by a bee. I'd take some Benadryl. I had my first anaphylaxic reaction last year. 
very scary because I was not prepared. I never had an EpiPen. It was a very scary throat and experience for me. Um, and to say like, wow, this never happened. I was at that peak of copper toxicity. I had not started detox and my histamine overload was phenomenal. Uh, and I just had set my whole body up for now this one thing, this bee sting that I used to just get mild swelling, um, just created a, a very adverse reaction. So allergies, I was on, I can't tell you how many antihistamines over the years. And it went from a, a seasonal, in the fall, I had my allergies. I started my, you know, over the counter, um, no names, um, medications, antihistamines, right? I would take nasal sprays, steroid nasal sprays to calm my symptoms. I'm not, I haven't taken anything for almost a year now. My allergies are so well controlled. Part of that is my diet and now understanding this histamine overload um, and the role that copper has played, but this whole imbalance. That simple hair test gave me so many answers. It's not the answer for everyone. We all have some imbalance, but at least I know what mine were, right? And I stopped um, doing what I used to do as a pharmacist. Like people would come into the pharmacy or just ask like, hey, what can I take? Um, what can I, what vitamins are good for me? And it was very easy to recommend a vitamin, a supplement or whatever, because we think these are safe, but not they're not safe and good for everyone. Because something simple like calcium, I don't want to say toxicity, but and again, we're not talking about the blood levels here. We're tissue and storage. Excess calcium in tissues is what people call cardiovascular disease. It affects these vessels. It can cause kidney stones, right? Calcium uh, in the tissues is just not in the right place. It's supposed to be in your bones, in your teeth. We're not supposed to have calcium in our tissues causing cardiovascular disease. This is why people have heart disease, valve disease kidney stones, gallbladder stones. Calcium is not being absorbed and utilized. So I have copper toxicity, but some people have the calcium in the wrong places, right? Um, so we really want to balance minerals. The significance of this, this little test, um, again, is so valuable and affordable as a first step for many people. And you can really just optimize your body's function, knowing this stuff, right? And that's what I can help people with. And that's where I am. And it just starts there. And now it's growing and evolving into many other things that I'm enjoying as, as much helping people. Um, so I, I hope I've answered questions. I know I get into the, the track of storytelling. Um, it's nice to attach a story to it because it's real, you know? What happened and, and, and where I got in such a short time once I identified these things. Yeah. Oh, I would be too. I think um, <laughs> it's crazy to hear all of the different symptoms that you experienced and how you, it could have been multiple things. Like you, you traced it back to copper because that was the first thing that you like really understood. But then whenever you went on your elimination diet, it's possible that you eliminated multiple things that were going wrong. But it's crazy to like really, really understand that just eliminating certain foods, just taking care of your body in a certain type of way, just tweaking the way that you go about your life in a certain type of way almost sets a new normal. Like I think that was the, the most amazing thing for me to realize with functional medicine was like feeling bad is not normal. At all. Right. Not at all. <laughs> right. Listen to your body. It's telling you something. Mm -hmm. And don't let modern medicine, the doctors tell you, well, uh, that's because, you know, uh, you're a female and you have, you know, cycles and your headaches are from that. And it's a hormone thing. Like, it's not okay. Right. It's not normal. To even have some of the gynecological issues I had, you know, I had to take the, take the modern medicine route because that's all we knew, uh, right? So the years of 
of being on oral contraceptives to control that cycle was all we knew to do. I don't know if that was the right thing for me because it certainly contributed. Most of the evidence is with IUDs that women use um, with the copper IUD. This is where much of the copper toxicity comes from and or the estrogen products, these birth control pills, uh, copper and estrogen are best friends. So when you give your body, and then we have all the chemicals in our world, the BPAs. So from our plastics and stuff, these mimickers of estrogen, these xenoestrogens. So men too are having, um, you know, hormone imbalances. And we can see it now, and it's an accumulation over years. You know, it's not some, you know, there are things that you can have an acute exposure to, but it's less likely when you're talking about these minerals. You're not going to have an acute exposure to a bath load of copper. That's not how I became copper toxic, if you will. Um, And there are two camps because it was important for me to know both sides. So, uh, and then as I've been working with clients, um, I've seen fewer people with the, the significant copper deficiencies who aren't able to make the same thing, the neurotransmitters, who have made lots of imbalances. It's it's responsible for collagen. It's responsible for so many things, hormones. Um, so having a deficiency or or no copper on this tissue test is is saying just as much. So okay, whenever whenever somebody comes in, or like if somebody didn't really understand functional medicine. How would you approach it? Do you usually think that it should, because you had the background in healthcare, you know, you have the background in, I guess, traditional healthcare. How do you approach whenever somebody is trying to figure out a problem that they're experiencing? Do you say, okay, let's do the holistic route first and then go to um, traditional medicine? Does it depend on the, the issue? How do you decide to split that whenever it comes to, um, I guess, things that people are dealing with on the day-to-day. Yeah, I mean, if you have an acute illness, an infection, a virus, or something acute, you have, you know, the doctor, the hospital, right? So you have to treat these acute things. But in general, when you're not feeling well, and you know it's not optimal health, and you have these symptoms, so conventional medicine focuses on the symptoms. So, oh, here's a young, young female with headaches and, or skin or eczema or irritable bowel, but she's got gas and bloating or whatever symptoms, right? So you're going to go to the doctor and complain about a symptom. Functional medicine says, that's the last thing we know about it. It's there. But why is that symptom presenting itself, right? So what could be the potential causes or root causes? So functional medicine is about the system that uh, I'll say is broken or something is altered in this system. And what are the systems? It's the gut. It's the brain. It's the mitochondria. It's the hormones. It's the adrenal glands. It's the thigh. So what system is not working to provide that symptom? That's amazing. What are some of the, so obviously everybody has an individual diet that would work best for them or just individual things that would be amazing based on genetics and lifestyle and where they live in in the world. But what is on a whole good for people to eat and not good? And then um, what is also a good lifestyle and not a good lifestyle? What are the, the factors that you've seen contribute to a lot of um, unhealthiness and disease. Yeah, well, some of the obvious things we know, right? Smoking and drinking, right? The things we always said in in the doctor's office. Um, lose weight. Well, it's it's easy to tell a patient they need to lose weight, right? But then they go home. And we don't give them the resources. At least that's the healthcare model I saw for years. You need to lose weight to lower your blood pressure, to reduce your diabetes, your blood sugar. You need to eat right. You need to stop eating ice cream. Like everything we told people what to do, right? So I like the empowerment part. How can I help you? So if we can recognize foods that are inflammatory, 
I, I have no specific diet. I, I think the hair test that I do provides recommendations based on your mineral levels and toxicities. So it'll help balance minerals when you avoid foods, for me, the high copper foods, right? So my elimination diet came from that. I was already eating healthy, but now those healthy foods were contributing to the condition. So finding out that was really cool. Uh, but so that's what I can do now. So it's always, uh, if if there's no test involved and we don't have that let's say, answer, uh, starting with elimination diet of the most common inflammatory foods. And that's easy because gluten, um, and not everybody can afford organic, but it's important to have, know your toxicity level, your toxic burden from herbicides, pesticides. Glyphosate is a big deal. Um, people are starting to learn more about it, but um you know, I like to use a, a website or a reference I share with people called Environmental Working Group, ewg.org. They have not only a great water resource database, you can put your zip code in and see the water in your area, whether you have well or, or not. Uh, you can look at the area around you to see if there's any chemical toxicities from your water. And a lot of people are using different filtration systems. But one thing I was very surprised in, there's, you know, the earth is full of these metals and things. And uranium toxicity and arsenic toxicity is from our environment. Uh, the PFA, so those chemical toxins, the forever chemicals, right? The, the nonstick pans and the things that are in our environment, in our fish, in the ocean. So the food we're consuming may contain chemicals and toxic burden we don't know about. So I like to test and know that answer, but if not, um, just to asking them, what are you eating? And if it's a lot of sugar, I mean, obviously the, the sugar, sugar and carbs, but the carbs I'm talking about are the processed foods, right? So the, the easy to go, and it might not be easy for the individual, right? But we like to talk about the diet because if we can identify inflammatory foods, things that are contributing to bad health, um, fried foods, seed oils, like how are you cooking? You know, what? Are you? so again, they don't have to test. We can just get some basic information. But lifestyle and what are you doing? Do you get out in nature? How's your circadian rhythm? Are you getting enough sleep? Sleep, sleep, sleep. Seven hours minimum. You can go to the CDC website and there's all kinds of information about sleep, sleep hygiene and information. Uh, eating, how, what is a meal like for you? Do you sit down? Are you scrolling on your phone when you eat? Because you're not digesting when you're doing something else, right? So basic things about lifestyle that's those are the freebies i can give you but it's up to you to do them mm -hmm. um so one of the interesting things is that like if you ask people what they would prefer not everybody but if you just you know rounded up a lot of people and asked them would you prefer me to give you a pill that would fix this or would you prefer to do the work and change your diet and change your habits and then be fixed there are still a considerable amount of people that would choose the pill. So how do you empower people to make that lifestyle change and do the hard thing? That's the hard part about the job. <laughs> um, as a health coach, we have to help people um, improve behaviors that will make, because you don't need the supplement in the end when you can, you know, maybe there's this period of detox or um, gut dysbiosis and, and things we have to do to heal your gut because you have overgrowth or H. pylori or some of these common things, right? So yes, we're going to need this period of treatment, if you will. Um, but it is, it's, it's supporting them. But if you can't get them to change their lifestyle, I'm not going to continue supplements on anyone forever, right? That's not... What I feel good about. So um, it's behavior change is hard. Uh, but and, and I'm 
I'm getting better at helping people with that because that's where the success comes. The adherence to a lifestyle change, but it's, it's baby steps and it's, they have to make it. So I can help a person identify, what do you like to do? Because I can prescribe, um, I want you to exercise 30 minutes a day, five times a week, right? Cause that's what the guidelines say. The guidelines tell us what you need to do with diet and exercise. You should be eating this. You shouldn't be eating that. You, lower sodium, blah, blah. But what is, what is Ella going to do? Right? Um, Ella, tell me about your diet. What do you like? Do you do that? What are your hobbies? Because you know what? There's something you like to do that I'm going to help you see and, and thrive in that. So that becomes, so you're going to heal through the things you like to do. And it might be a food thing. It might be an activity. I have people that, that have pets and they go for walks with the pets or they uh, go bowling or dancing. So you find the thing that works for them now and you grow on that. Do you think that um, like the way that you approach medicine now is more like compared to the way that you approached it before? Do you think it's more investigative or like how has the approach changed? How has the questions that you're asking changed? The why comes up more. So before it was symptom, condition, diagnosis, uh, drug that goes with that, right? It was reactive. It was bang, bang. Um, now it's why? I wonder why you have headaches. I wonder why you feel this way. I wonder why your skin is inflamed. I wonder why you have constipation, right? Or I get them to think like I'm thinking, right? So I'm like, why do you think that's happening? Um, you, you, you don't move your bowels every day. Why do you think that's happening? Do you think it's uh, foods you're eating or different foods you're not eating? Do you get enough fire, right? Ask the questions and try to get them to ask the question. Or want to know the why. Yeah. It's interesting also that, um, like, it seems that in the medical establishment, it's very certain. Like, people go to you because they want you to give them an answer. And it seems that within holistic medicine, there's more of a, we're going to try some things. This is all an experiment. You know, it's all of your body. It's not certain. But... If we can actually nail the root cause, then we'll actually solve the problem. Yes. And it, it is very specific and very sensitive as far as labs. The information you, you get is the answer to many of the problems or symptoms. It is, you know, it might not be. So there's not one root cause. Sometimes there's multiple things going on in individuals' bodies. So you're going to find a root cause. If find a thing in this test, find a different thing in this test, find a different thing in this test, right? And those three things are contributing to the health of the person today or the unhealth of the person today. Um, and, and now you, you got to put things in buckets. So where do we focus on the achieving health? Is it do we have to focus on the infection, the toxicities, um, the metabolic stress, right? Why a patient is overweight, tired, brain fog, or is it uh, skin conditions, um, just allergies, just right? So what bucket are they in? What system is broken? So... It's not so much guessing because in functional medicine, it's test, don't guess, right? So we're not treating the symptom. We're treating the system that's broken. That's why we do the test. So you've given me a fresh perspective on functional medicine. Like I always understood it insofar as I understood it to be linked to holistic things and whole foods and the systems, but I think that you've opened my mind in terms of like how deeply it's rooted in the systems and how to be a good functional medicine practitioner, you have to understand how the systems work and how they interplay and then understand how they influence, you know, one part of your body and many, many others all at the same time. And so it's, 
there's a lot of knowledge that goes into being a really good functional medicine practitioner. Yeah, and wow. I'm not even there. <laughs> I'm, I'm new in this space and I love it and it it makes sense to me and all the the knowledge and, and information and skills that I had as a pharmacist mm-hmm. um, have helped me because now it's clicking. It's like, what? I never thought of it that way. Like, you know, I thought of serotonin deficiency as, hey, let's give you Prozac, right? Let's give you the thing you're deficient in. But that's not how I think of it now is why are you deficient in serotonin? You can't, you're not making it. Why aren't you making it? Okay, I have heavy metal toxicity. I don't have enough copper because I need copper as a, a an enzyme along the way to help make it and build it. Definitely very, very cool. So the way that you view like your whole journey, it's you went, you did the pharmaceutical things. You understand now almost the pharmaceuticals in an entirely different way because it's I understand the what, the symptom. I understand the why now, which was like the missing middle. And now you understand exactly why they prescribe the pharmaceuticals. And and now you're like, okay, I see the full thread of like the whole system. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. So again, the, that band-aid, that time, we might need the medication, right? But the way the system, not body systems, um, medical system works is like, and this pains me too. Um, you're not diabetic yet because your lab values, a lab value called A1C is a marker for when you become diabetic and you get that label. Okay. Um, now you can get the prescription because the insurance company will cover it, but not everyone, only some because the formularies and the, the way it all works, it's very interesting because some people can't get the medications that I would have liked to recommend or prescribe then. Um, but now I'm looking at it like, uh, we don't have to get to that point. We want the prevention. We want to get people not to have diabetes, to need that medication, to then have complications from their diabetes, which is cardiovascular disease or blindness or all these things that go wrong because the system, the metabolic system is, is broken. So what, where in their biology do we need to help and support, right? It, it just goes back to the basics. Macro, so protein, carb, and fat. How is your body utilizing that? Can you utilize? Are you absorbing? Do you have digestion? Do you have the right pH? Is your stomach acidic enough to break down the food, to make things, to synthesize to make an enzyme, amino acid that you need to then make hormones, right? Or whatever, proteins, body, muscle, bone. It's crazy. It is the basics though. So you're right to pursue something in, in the biology of the body. Stay there. And it is nutrition and food and each element that I'm learning now about, Right? Because even though we talked about diet and nutrition, that was something the dietitian did. So now I'm in this whole place. How do I help you? And, uh, you know, the discovery of, you know, there's a particular stool test I'm doing with people. And there's an antigen, an antibody that picks up on gluten allergy. And I had two people recently who didn't know they were gluten sensitive. Okay. It's not diagnostic for celiac or gluten uh, disease. It's, it's saying your body's reacting to gluten and they didn't know. So in four days of stopping gluten products, they felt better. The inflammation is, is let like they took away the trigger that was causing the problem and inflammation and and joint pain and arthritic symptoms. They had so many symptoms of inflammation and they had no idea it was gluten. Two people, two people. Right. Can you imagine? So if you don't know what, so this food sensitivity test, 
right? There's this stool test opened the doors and gave us a root cause for an individual. Um, but it can be as basic as minerals in my case. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It's so, it's so amazing. Um, it really is. Okay. So I have two questions for you before we get into rapid fire. I wanted to ask you about like, what are your words of wisdom for people that are very interested in medicine and um, not just medicine, but like healthcare, like the true healthcare, like healing people? Yeah. What are well, your words? And, and we can define it whatever way we want. Uh, and I'm, you know, I, I pivoted to healthcare because that's what I want it to be. I want it to be healthcare. Um, I want people to live longer, healthier lives. And I want to do prevention, right? Because we can do this. Um, so words of wisdom are ask why um, and get back to basics, you know? And if something doesn't feel right, ask why. Mm-hmm. It seems as though like your search into functional medicine has allowed you to be the medical practitioner that you wanted to be. Like, to solve problems. Don't make don't me cry. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and being a, a co-author in a best-selling book about functional medicine is exactly what my chapter was about, uh, finding purpose through pain. Mm-hmm. So what I went through, how I found functional medicine, just like it was a job search and this thing that came up and, hey, let me try that. And then finding it. And, and I do believe there was a big role God had in this and putting me in these places. Like my journey had a purpose, but now, oh yeah, in the right place. Because it is, in medicine, do no harm. I know there's no harm when we're serving your body and what it needs, when we can identify, and we are lucky to have these tests and we are lucky to have medicine and prescriptions because when we need them in that ICU setting, we're saving lives there too. Um, my second question for you, this is, so I, I love this question. Just absolutely love it. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this. What is your, what is your dream for medicine? Like if you could choose a, a dream future for the medical field, what would it be? Health, you know? Um, and I, it's maybe it's weird, but I go back to our ancestors. I'm like, how did they do it? They didn't have this and that, you know what I mean? And like, how did they live so long? And maybe their lives were shorter. They didn't live as long because they had the threat of the saber-toothed tiger or, or the inclement weather and, and whatever happened. Um, food was scarce. But what they did during their life, they didn't have disease. We have disease. You know what I mean? Um, so there's disease and infectious disease. And that's not just what I'm talking about, but why do we have heart disease? That didn't start happening. Like you can go back and look at data. The first heart attack, I think was in the 1950s, the real first heart attack, which is when then guidelines came and when medications came and we have to address heart disease, heart disease. It's the number one killer. And it is today. Wow. I didn't know Um, that it was 1950. The first known heart attack, it was after autopsy. Um, and I, which president then became uh, like the first one and how, and that's when medicine schools of medicine, the curriculum started to change and the whole paradigm of medicine and okay. The, the remember doctors, you movies or stories like doctors used to go to people's houses and they used to give herbs and natural treatments, holistic, natural treatments. This is before drugs. That's how people lived. They cured things or treated things with plants and herbs. Right? Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, yeah, there's a lot of wow. cool, cool stuff out there. Definitely. But, uh, my dream is, and, and you know what? It's happening. It's not because of me or uh, it's now that I'm in it, I see it. So many people are seeking health and they're finding the functional medicine people to help them get there. You know, sadly, it's not their primary care doctor who's conforming to, you know, 
the, the education that they were provided and how they were taught. So it's not their fault, but being able to think outside the box and look at some of these tests in a different way. Cause you know, no primary care doctors doing stool test. <laughs> right. Uh, they might, if you're sick and they think you have worms and parasitic infections, then they do a very specific one to see if that's what you have, but they're not doing it as a health thing to see where's your gut microbiome, because that's everything. That's your immune system. That's your brain health. That's your heart health. Your gut is connected to everything. The bugs that live within us, we're more bug than we are human and other cells, right? Um, so that's really cool too. I love the, the, the vision that you gave for healthcare, just like a fully healthy, pleasant population. I can't believe I'll definitely have to look into the history of healthcare as well, because I like, it's almost hard to believe that medicine has not been like it is. And I know that it hasn't at all been like it is for 200 years, but you know, it changes so fast. And then you have um, new generations. And I think I forget who it was that said it, but somebody, somebody said that the, the world that you are born into, that is normal. And so like you get, you have this, this mass population, mass new generation that has been born into a world where healthcare looks a certain way. And it's hard to go backwards, but I think that functional medicine is doing a really, really good job. There are a lot of people that really, really care, um, like you. So thank you. And I love everything that you're doing. Well, Ella, thank you for the opportunity. It's been fun sharing. Um, my my journey, my experience, and you know my thoughts with you and your audience, and um, yeah. So thanks. Um, I have a couple more questions for you, just rapid fire one offs, if you have time. Okay, let's go. Okay. Um, first, what do you value in life? Life itself. That's a good answer. I'm I'm grateful. When I wake up, and again, a lot of prayer and, and gratefulness is, is a part of my daily routine. That's a great answer. Second question, what is a good life to you? A healthy one. <laughs> um, because if I was burdened, if I continued down the path uh, and had surgery and had some complication and couldn't function, you know, having the right mind... Um, so being in optimal health is important to me because I have grandchildren. I have to be present for myself, my husband, my children, my family, my friends, for what I do to help others. So, yeah, that's optimal life for me is having health and wellness. That's a great answer as well. And the last question, if you could only leave one piece of advice for the world and generations below you, what would it be? Why? Great advice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I had I a good yeah, It's like, why? Why is this happening? Why do I feel like this? Or why is the sky blue? Like kids are very curious, right? Mm -hmm. So ask why. Especially if something doesn't seem right. But mm -hmm. no, that's perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really deeply enjoyed this conversation. And I, I believe that this will definitely be very enjoyable for other people as well. And I'm going to pass along some resources I'd love for you to um, peruse through. Okay? So yeah, um, be in touch. Definitely. Um, is there anything that you would like me to link in the description below, send anybody your way? Any, um, yeah, you know, uh, um, I'm again, as an entrepreneur, if you will, and being in a new space, um, um, I have a website and I'd love to refer people to that for more information, at least how to reach out to me. So I have um, a free discovery call if people just want to talk and is this a, a right match? Is this what I need? What do you think, Judy? Um, so my website, uh, Dr. Judy M. Dr. Judy M. Dr. Judy M. Dot com. 
uh, can bring you at least to the right place to to kind of seek me and find me. I'm on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook as well, so you can reach out there. Um, and you can certainly uh, share that information, how we got in touch. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'd love to uh, meet with people or, or share this uh, discovery call and maybe how I can help them if they're seeking their root cause or just want to achieve better health or optimal health. Because a lot of people are already going to the gym and eating well and, and doing yoga and doing all these great things in their life. But um, it's fun to check that those their bodies too. Um, you know, to identify any toxicities or mineral imbalances, because you can always raise the bar. Exactly. Um, so I, I like helping uh, my healthcare colleagues too, right? So all the doctors and nurses and people I used to work with at the hospital, um, you know, they're awesome to work with because they already get it, you know? Um, so anyway, yeah, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I'll definitely link that below. If you want to check her out, definitely do. She's amazing. All right. Thank you, Ellis. This episode enriching. I would love to hear your thoughts. If you would like to write a rating or review, that would be fantastic. You can also follow me at Podcast. I'm looking forward to our next episode. Cheers. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that.